Do you struggle with mental health or know someone who does? Join Gabrielle and Charisse as they discuss all things mental health. Each episode will be packed with information on coping, healing, and living a well-balanced life. We hope you join us in session. Everybody, this is Gabrielle and Charisse with In Session Podcast. Back for another conversation, which I love. Charisse, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about negative self-talk. Hey. I love this topic. I don't like the negative self-talk, <laughs> but I'm such a cognitive girl. And okay. so in therapy, we do a lot of challenging our thoughts, challenging our brain. And so where do you want to start? Well, we can start with what is negative self-talk. And I think even if we never label it as this, most of us have done it, right? And so it's just these conversations we can have with ourselves internally or externally. And we either think or say mean things about ourselves. So not just other people, but ourselves. And it looks like things like, I'm so stupid, or I can't do anything right, or it's always going to be this way, I always mess it up. We start to just make these generalizations about who we are, and they're typically negative. And what do you see when that happens, Sharice? I see they start to turn into a character trait, and mm. that is such a dangerous point okay. because then it's like, I can never change. So, for example, if I get a bad grade, it's like, I'm so stupid. Well, you got a bad grade. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're stupid, but now you, you're saying you're stupid turns into a character trait yeah. of, like, Sharice is now a stupid person, and that feels way more challenging to change than I made a bad grade on this test. I felt stupid, right? Yeah. And so you can feel a certain way, but when you start to think that about yourself and it turns to this character trait, it's like this is who I am inherently mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do about it. It gets yeah. like this level of hopelessness of this is going to be unchangeable. Yeah. I think this is where cognitive work really shines because as a therapist, it is really, really challenging mm -hmm. when you're working with clients and they have these really solidified core beliefs about themselves because it's different, right? It's one thing to say, I'm feeling sad today and maybe working behaviorally to fix that. But when it becomes this ingrained belief in who we are and it's a character trait, like you said, it becomes this mountain that is so tough to climb. And I think that's kind of where those, um, the expectations of therapy get thwarted because people think if I feel this way about myself, I can come in, talk about it, and feel better. But when it becomes a core belief like that, mm -hmm. our work is pretty mm -hmm. extensive. Yeah, talking about it, it helps. It helps get it out of your body. But when it's so ingrained like that, I think even when the therapist is challenging, they have to be gentle about yeah. it because I can say, let's challenge that. Let's look at that. How are ways that you're not stupid? And their brain might immediately say, that's dumb. Like, yeah. there's no ways that I'm not stupid, right? And so you have to be really delicate of, like, yeah. how you – go into that thought and how you do the work because their brain is going to battle you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the way that negative self-talk works. It's not just going to say, oh, yeah, that's a positive thought. I'm going to yeah. believe that. It's going to be like, that feels weird. I don't yeah. want to believe that because that would be Absolutely. something completely different than what I'm used to. No, okay. So, y'all, <laughs> this is a funny story. I don't know if this is why I don't like CBT. Maybe it is. But I will never forget when we were in our grad program, I had my very, my very first client. And my very first client had a lot of negative core beliefs about themselves. And I will never forget, um, we were taught to like challenge the core belief a little bit. <laughs> and so we go to like, okay, well, what's the evidence that supports this core belief? And y'all, she had evidence. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God, it, it was quite the show. And so I think what's funny is that Sharice is right. It battles you back. Like even as a therapist, if you're trying to help change this, when a core belief becomes ingrained, they can almost confirm or find evidence that supports that and if you don't know what you're doing it's like well 
okay, I can see how that works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The therapist can get stuck. And I get stuck sometimes. So it's like, oh my gosh, okay. Like they yeah. do have a lot of evidence against. So you really do have to be um, like aware of what their brain could say. And so yeah. I often yeah. tell my clients, like if we think about this and we come up with the alternate thought, and that's what we call them, what is your brain going to say to that alternate thought? Because yeah. if your brain's going to say, girl, like that is not true. Like I don't believe that. You know, part of that is true. Like that's going to happen. It's not going to believe that. But if it's battling you back so far, so much Mm -hmm. it can lead to more emotions and to more emotional distress and we don't want that in session or outside of session and so something that I'll have them do is come up with like a realistic thought Mm. about the situation so say like they don't like you know a certain part of their body yeah well you know what is realistic about that part of your body or what part of your body do you like and can you use that thought and so making smaller changes than changing the thought altogether can be helpful and sometimes it's not about in my what I found is always challenging and trying to change can feel really big. And so when you mention like, let's do something small and whatever, it leads me to that gray space because mm-hmm. I think most people yeah. in the, with, you know, really severe negative self-talk, they think about themselves in terms of I'm black or white, either I'm good or bad, something like that. And so when you're trying to completely shift them to the other side of that spectrum, mm-hmm. they may not ever get there. Right. And so what you can try to do is say, okay, within this realm of change, can I get you to be a shade of gray? Right perhaps right Mm -hmm. and maybe it's this not negative but not positive so maybe a neutral thought about Mm -hmm. yourself and being okay with that I don't have to be the best person but I'm also acknowledging I'm not the worst Mm -hmm. and sometimes I think that's where I where I go but what do you feel are the negative side effects of having persistent negative self-talk there's a lot I think I think when it's we talk about negative there's a lot of negatives that come with that and so negative characteristic traits about yourself Mm -hmm. negative behavior Um, I hate to classify things as negative and positive, but just yeah, for yeah. The, ter- the terms of this podcast, like behavior that is not helpful to you, um, hard time man- maintaining relationships. Yeah. So if you're always negative, you're probably negative about other people too, or maybe like your friends are trying to help you see the positive or see the neutral side of things mm-hmm. and you're battling that back and they don't know what to do. And so it can be hard to maintain relationships. It could be hard to maintain work. Mm-hmm. And so you think that you're, you're not doing a good job or, you know, your expectations are too hard or you're not living. Yeah up to them and so it makes work miserable and so your whole life functioning can be really seen as negative and so when like green things happen like green flags pop out Mm. you start to refute that it's like oh like this happened but I think it was just luck Mm. or I think that you know this just happened because xyz not because of me and so we start to affiliate you know good things that happen to us with things outside of us and that can be really hard because then it feels like what's the point of me trying or what's the point of me even you know beginning on something new absolutely and when you think about some side effects of that negative self-talk I think one of the ones that I see so often is that you can become married to that self-talk and it becomes really hard to disassociate with that you know because sometimes if we're negative about ourselves we allow that to bleed into other areas and that's all we see now and so when we look for things we see things that confirm that and so that causes me to do behaviors that could be seen as self-destructive or they're you know self-sabotage in some way because this fits the narrative right so life sucks and I'm bad and I'm awful so let me do things that that kind of prove that point right but it also dismisses the idea that life could get better. And so it's almost like if I'm negative and life sucks and it's raining outside, oh, it's going to be a bad day because it's raining outside. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow it could be sunshiny. Oh, it's going to be a bad day because the sun's too hot. You know, like I find a way to make anything fit the narrative that it has to be horrible. I have to always be terrible. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
that takes a lot of energy. It does. It, it's so much energy, and it's so exhausting mentally and emotionally. It is, and I feel for the people that have that because it's it is exhausting for them, and sometimes they feel like they can't escape it, mm-hmm. and so it feels natural. It feels almost normal. Like we talked about familiar, familiarity before yeah. on this podcast, and like so, what the brain sees as familiar keeps happening, and so for them, their brain is just picking out the things that feel familiar, and to them, it's just like they're not thinking about it. But as a therapist, we're like, well, did you notice that you know yesterday was rainy and today was hot, and mm-hmm. there was both you know both were unfavorable for you like what's that about and they can actually sit and think about it but if they're not in therapy or if someone's not calling that out to them it feels like that's just the way their life is Mm. and there's no solution for that she's like this is the way it's going to be when I wake up and that could be really hard for people something that I think gets tricky especially in therapy is when we have to acknowledge someone has the right to choose you know (laughs) what narrative they want to run with what things they want to see in their life and so Negative self-talk is very much, unfortunately, a choice to engage in, right? Now, all of us can have um, maybe bad life circumstances that occur and that kind of sets us back or whatever, but that doesn't have to remain our destination if we don't want it to, you know? Not saying that it'll be easy, but it's certainly not impossible. And so you have to ask yourself your inner space and you see the world negatively, you see yourself negatively, ask yourself, am I wanting to make a different choice? Some choices are hard to make and hard to implement, mm-hmm. but you still do have a choice. Yeah. And you have to be willing to make a different one if you don't mm-hmm. want to be so negative. Yeah, and I know that can be hard to hear. And thoughts all the time aren't what we can control. So automatically yeah. they can come up. But the yeah. choice there is what you do with that thought. And I, of course, I tell my clients this all the time because I'm very cognitive-based. And so when the thoughts come up, you can engage with them. You can accept them. You can challenge them. You can ignore yeah. them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do so many things yeah. with them. There's so many cho- But if you agree with them and say yep like this is the way that it is likely there's nothing that's going to change and you talked about earlier kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy so if I feel like I'm stupid I might make choices that only confirm that "Mm, that wasn't a very smart decision see that's why I'm stupid well no Mm -hmm. you believe the thought first and then the emotions were there and then the the behavior followed and so we can like go back and say well let's think about that thought if we changed it and looked at it and examined it and had an alternate thought do you think that you could have chosen something that was different behaviorally for you and oftentimes the answer is yes yeah and sometimes it's about recognizing what we first think about ourselves a person or situation may not be accurate because it may not have the complete information you know and so if I start a day off and I'm like oh it's a bad day and like my mind is kind of sending me those automatic messages I could run with that and I could let it define the day or I could say, you know, it feels this way right now. How about I give it five more minutes or 15 more minutes or 30 more minutes to see if I have all the information because sometimes we'll have a bad start to our day and then we'll wrongly assume the rest of the day has to be bad when certainly if I have a bad attitude, I can make it be a bad day or if I could say, you know what, I'm going to put that thought on the shelf for a little bit. It feels like I'm going to have a bad day. This bad thing just happened. Let me shelve it for a little bit of time. I could get to work. I could see Cherise. Oh, Gabby, I bought you a cupcake. Or, oh, hey, you know, I was thinking about you this weekend. And maybe that could brighten my day. I never know. But if I come in with a negative attitude, Cherise could be tap dancing and singing. And I'm like, oh, leave me alone. I'm, I'm the Grinch today, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's such, a, that's such a cool example because that is so true. We look for things that confirm how we're feeling and what we're thinking. But even just the shelf example, you can put distance between your thoughts and emotions and people don't often realize that yeah. because it feels urgent, especially mm. anxious and automatic thoughts. It's like, yeah. bam, this thought's here. 
I have to react to it. I have to do something to it. And oftentimes I see people want to make it go away. Mm. And so they do things that think is going to help them feel better. But really when you make it go away, you're not feeling better emotionally. And yeah. so you don't really choose things that, that confirm a healthy or happy emotion. You do, you choose things that probably aren't, you know, yeah, that helpful. <laughs> and something that I think is important, which is where therapy can be really great is, where did I develop this habit? You know, because some things become habitual to us and it's like, whether it's, I do the same thing the same way, or I talk to myself a certain way. And sometimes with clients, I've seen them have maybe role models, be it parents or older siblings who were sort of self-deprecating. And so they learned that like, okay, Mm -hmm. my mom looks at herself in the mirror and she nitpicks her appearance or she always talks bad about life. So I kind of inherently do the same thing. Or it's, um, kids are really funny because, um, I don't know if you've seen like a little video, but basically this little kid was saying some type of like old time slogan. I think it was like, somebody said, oh, how's your day going or something? Oh, I'm just glad the Lord let me see it. Right. (laughs) And they're like four years old or something. But the kind of, the idea there was that they've seen somebody in their life say that so often that even though they're four and that's probably not even in their realm of whatever, they repeat what they've seen and so we're the same way mm-hmm. if we see people always negative about life and oh life is just suck and life is so hard yeah. or I, I'm such a failure I can't do things right over time we can learn that mm-hmm. but the great thing with learning is that you can also unlearn or you can relearn but again there's a choice you have to make to do that yeah I, I think asking yourself whose voice do you hear in your head when you're speaking yeah. some people don't really hear a voice but when you're like when you're guided to do something like who's who's influencing those decisions or who's influencing that voice that is guiding you because sometimes I'll hear clients say oh that's my mom's voice like I can hear my mom like questioning what I'm doing or questioning a decision yeah well how can you separate yourself from your mom like I know sometimes we hear voices and we hear things in our head from people because they try to guide us in the right direction. But then it becomes a habit to where we're not listening to ourselves anymore and their voice is so powerful. Yeah. And so I always tell clients to give your voice a power, give your helpful mm-hmm. voice a power and the critic voice, lower it sometimes, realize when it's there and maybe take it into consideration. Like if it's trying to tell you something in a like mysterious way of like, something that's trying to be helpful maybe listen to it for a little bit but then also challenge that and ask why is it here right now and what can I do like what can I tell myself that's going to be leading me in the right direction yeah I think that speaks to like engagement and what you choose to engage with on a daily basis you know because even that that can be something that's super powerful and it's actually it doesn't take that much energy because sometimes what will happen is that we'll have a thought or we'll think something And we start to engage with it. And so whether we start looking for things that confirm that or we start to vocalize it and give it power like Sharice just said. But essentially we kind of lengthen the time spent dealing with that feeling, dealing with that emotion, dealing with that thought. And naturally the longer you're in the presence of something, it tends to like reside with you. Okay. One of the things you can do is change how often or how long you're engaging with it. And so if you have a thought and it tells you something negative about yourself Maybe do a quick acknowledgement and then say, I'm not going to engage with that right now. I'm going to go wash the dishes or I'm going to go call my friend or I'm going to go read this book. But change your engagement so that your brain isn't familiarizing itself Mm -hmm. with this long thought, this long list of she hates herself and this is why. Change the channel. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's so powerful because once you have one thought and you engage with it, more thoughts pop up. And so it's like one leads to two and then it leads to 10. And before you know Mm -hmm. it, you're in this spiral and you're sitting there and you don't even know how you got to Z. Like you don't know how you got there. And it's like, wow, I feel so bad about myself when really the first thought was just an automatic random thought that came up and we get, we give it power Mm -hmm. or we give it that engagement and then it leads to more and more and we can't stop it. It feels really out of control. And sometimes that can lead to panic because we feel like there's so 
much going on and we just need help to stop it and we can't pull ourselves out of that moment. And so I do like having a plan for what you can do differently when that comes up for you. So sometimes maybe it's doing some self-care. Maybe it's talking to someone about it. Like, hey, I have this thought right now. I just want to, you know, see what's going on. Or it's, you know, activities that I can do to get my mind off of it. Distraction skills, relaxation skills, different skills that you can do. Um, for different thoughts could be helpful. Yeah. And learn what works for you because some people like affirmations and they'll either um, yeah. have like affirmations pre-written on a piece of paper or sticky notes around their house. Other people, if they're spiritual, they'll like Bible verses or chants or mantras. Um, other people, it's favorite quotes or whatever mm-hmm. else. I love music. And so sometimes it's just having a preset playlist that like right. when I start to have these negative, you know, self-talk moments, let me play this, this playlist to kind of get my mood back to a certain space. But Figure out whatever your brain clicks with. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I like patterns and beats, so that's why music is a thing. <laughs> but figure out what you like, you know, and then try to give your brain something else to engage with yeah. that is not negative. Yeah. And that is something that if you notice, we didn't say challenge the thought. We didn't say you got to fight it or debunk it. Nope. We just said don't engage. Yeah. Everybody can do that. Everyone can. Emotions and thoughts are like waves. Mm-hmm. So just riding the wave, like just recognizing that they're going to come. A yeah. part of that is acceptance that... You're not always going to have days where there's no critic, there's no negative thoughts. It might come every once in a while and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're in crisis mode. It just means that you're a normal human being and we all have negative thoughts and they're going to pop up. And sometimes they're so random. Like you can be having the most perfect moment, the most perfect day. And it's like, why does this thought have to be here right now? Mm -hmm. And we judge ourselves for the thought. And so accepting that this is going to happen for you helps remove that judgment and helps you say, I'm normal. I'm a human being. This is going to happen for me and that's okay. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is learning how to be flexible with yourself and not having to just be one thing, you know, because I think we mentioned on one episode that there are going to be times where you do want to just sit and like, I'm not happy about something, you know? And so I think, um, like, let's say it's a bad day. Something happens. It's okay to be like, you know what? I'm really upset by that. And that doesn't mean that you have to sit and then allow that one moment of me being upset spiral and snowball into something else. But I think we're, we're basically not trying to get you to change yeah. everything that you're thinking mm-hmm. because that can be difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's also not realistic because sometimes you are going to put on something and you don't like it or yeah. this looks ugly, you know. And so you can't always predict that, yeah, I'm always going to like it and I'm always going to be pleased. Sometimes you won't be, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we can't wait for circumstances to tell our brain that we're going to choose the positive channel today. Yeah, we're not talking about toxic positivity, so we're not yeah. we're not on one end and we're not on the other. No. So we don't want you to be all the way negative, all the way positive. But yeah, go to the middle. Be realistic. I love yeah. clients who you know have the worst case scenario all the time, and I can help them think about what's most likely because yeah. we don't think about what's most likely. We always think about what maybe is least likely or what is the worst case scenario, but never in that middle because we want to prepare. Yeah, and I think that's what negative thoughts. The purpose of them sometimes is to prepare you for such an event or such a drastic situation to that you can be prepared so that you can respond in a way that you choose yeah but you can't ever really prepare Mm-mm. for anything or you know to the max degree because unexpected things Absolutely. always happen and sometimes you know that's okay that's the way that life Absolutely. is and accepting that too is, is helpful and I think something that's important with that is that most people when the unexpected happens and it's like a, an emergent situation most people respond pretty well. True. Typically, they True. respond very well. Yeah. But what happens in non-emergent situations, our brain will blow up this situation and oh, I just don't know what to do and mm-hmm. I just feel so out of sorts. When in reality, if you were really put in a situation where you had to respond immediately, most of us make yeah. the right choice and make the right call. Yeah. But 
anxiety can take a typical everyday situation, blow it up, we get overwhelmed, and now it's a bigger ordeal than it has to be. And when it comes to that negative self-talk, and we talk about like the engagement and changing the channel, it's finding ways to love life differently. And I think sometimes maybe because of social media or whatever, we think that having a life that we love has to look a certain way. It has some good moments. It has some bad moments. It has some, I'm good in this area, not so great here. And so we talked about that spectrum of not wanting to be so negative, but not be toxic positivity. Finding a way in your own words to appreciate the duality of life, because there are some days that are like home runs and this was the best day ever. And then maybe there are some days that aren't, but we don't have to let that define who we are and become a character trait, like Cherie said. Yeah, I think when it goes to toxic positivity on one end and then on the other end, there's so much negative. It feels like there's such an up and down, oh, up yeah. and down, yeah. rise and lows, when really life is like, some days we have, like you said, good days, some are bad, but it's really stable yeah. across, you know, a continuum. It feels like, you know, some days, you know, we feel our emotions more than others and it feels like it's a deep, deep low. Yeah. But really when you look at it on a chart, mm. it's more stable than yeah. what we realize. But when you have that negative view or negative self-talk and we listen to it the lows are really low because it can lead to that anxiety and that depression and isolation because we don't know what else to do is that panicky feeling so I would say you know challenging you know the highs and lows that comes with the negative self-talk and realizing that if you disengage or if you challenge them it leads to that more stable process yep and you know you said isolation which I think is important because sometimes negative self-talk will either cause you to withdraw from other people or if people don't like being around negative Nan, <laughs> they're going to be like, okay, she's negative yeah. all the time. I don't want to be in her presence. And so what we know is that social support is so important. And so that's kind of a side effect of that negative self-talk is that sometimes people don't want to sit here. I mean, you know, I don't do this, but I would imagine that if I was negative, at some point, Sharice is going to be like, okay, girl. Yeah, girl. Get some CBT. <laughs> <laughs> she is not going to put up with it. And so... You know, really challenging yourself to be better, not just for you, but the people that you're in, you know, communication with, your friends, maybe your partner. No one wants to be in a situation where, oh, you know, she's never having a good day because it makes it hard to relate, you know? And if you are depressed, please, like, seek out help. Of course. Because negative self-talk, like, this is just a brief, you know, 30-minute episode. We can't give you all the solutions in the world to help you disengage or challenge negative thoughts. Of course, there's some tips and tricks in here that you can use. But if you are depressed and you cannot come out of it or you feel like the negative self-talk is so ingrained and so entrenched that you don't know what else to do, going to a professional to help help you look at those thoughts together so you don't feel so alone and so isolated and feeling like you do just need to shy away from everyone because everything is so negative. There is help out there for you yeah. and there is hope of getting to a better place. But I will say that it does take a lot of work Absolutely. because the brain likes that familiar piece. And so it's going to be a lot of like repetition and yeah. sometimes that can be exhausting. But I always tell clients like it's also exhausting to have that negative self talk and negative self critic always at you and always saying things that make you feel bad about yourself and so the work is hard but staying the same is also hard and honestly I think one of my takeaways is very similar to that it's just be consistent with yourself and also be patient with yourself because if you realize after this episode and you're aware that hey I'm engaged in negative self-talk I'm trying some tips but I really can't seem to break it and you do want to seek professional help be consistent. It's not going to happen in maybe one or two sessions and be patient. So with your process, don't expect like, oh man, I've been seeing this therapist for five sessions now, but I still have moments of negative self-talk. You didn't get that way overnight, you know, and our brain is not going to relearn something the first time you have a therapy session. And so be consistent, be patient and get help. I think if you're listening to this, being aware is the first step of that. And so congratulations if you are aware that, yep, I have negative self-talk and I need help. 
you're in a great place, right? Mm-hmm. Now reach out, get you a great licensed professional mm-hmm. to work with that. And there is some positivity waiting on the other side of that. There is. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and we'll be back for our next time. Yeah.